A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 48. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes of business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. Welcome to Thrive Thursday with Dr. Yishai. This week on the business couch with me, I had Jesse Paul Smith, speaker, entertainer, coach, and founder of My Creative District, an agency that discovers and features talent. A self described visionary and dreamer who has learned to turn imagination into reality, Jesse helps creatives do the same for themselves. On Insight Sunday, Jesse talked about what happens when your skills and your mindset are out of sync how to handle self-doubt, and how he learned to shift his thinking and mindset to turn his dreams into reality. On Story Tuesday, Jesse shared how his business was affected by the pandemic and how he pivoted to create the Worldwide Dance Challenge, which has reached 120 countries on four continents. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episodes 46 and 47 to learn from Jesse's incredible story and invaluable wisdom. Today, I'm continuing part two of three episodes that dive deep into adaptation and your emotion system. Last week in episode 45, I talked about how your emotion system is activated under specific situations and ended by pointing out that when a phenomenon shows up in a non-random way, there's usually more to it than just what meets the eye or what's on the surface. Today, I'm talking about the possible reasons and explanations for why our emotions show up when they do. I'm going to outline three purposes or roles that your emotion system plays in helping you adapt. Drawing on psychology research, neuroscience, plus my experience, training, and expertise as a psychologist, I will also integrate the three roles into the adaptability paradigm that is already shifting the mindset and approach of entrepreneurs and business leaders for the better. Plus, you're going to get practices and tangible takeaways to begin harnessing the adaptive power of your emotion system. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business and experience a drag or dip in your growth, 
If you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, if you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively when circumstances change like they had so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. Adaptability coaching and consulting will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-backed tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching or dryishai.com slash consulting. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the second of the three Ps, purpose. What makes people happy? Why is it that we experience grief following loss? Why do we get angry when someone disrespects us or gets in our way? I'm sure you can relate to the moment of anger that follows getting cut off when you're driving or maybe when you're saying something important or standing in line. Most of us have experiences and memories we can point to, moments of pleasure and happiness, profound loss and grief, overwhelming stress or shame. For example, when you're out and about in the city and you haven't eaten all day, you might notice that you're thinking about food, your stomach is growling, you feel antsy, maybe even irritable. You're hungry, perhaps starving and your brain and body are already galvanized to grab a bite to eat. When you take a step into a restaurant and order something delicious off the menu, when it shows up quickly and you sink your teeth into it greedily, when you savor the exquisite flavors, textures, when you experience the satisfaction of taking each bite and the contentment of a full stomach, that is a moment of pure happiness. But why? What is the purpose of that joyful experience? Or the nostalgia when you look back at it three weeks later after a long, stressful day? Let's tackle the question one step at a time. Starting with dopamine. If you've heard of dopamine, you might know that it's also known as the pleasure chemical. It's a chemical messenger that carries signals between nerve cells in our brains and throughout our bodies. But dopamine actually plays a role in a bunch of experiences and activities, from pleasure to curiosity to thinking, planning, focusing, and goal-oriented behavior. It does a whole lot of other stuff, affecting learning, mood, motivation, attention, sleep, movement, heart, kidney, and blood vessel function, even processing pain. Dopamine is a versatile little chemical. What does that have to do with happiness? When you're starving and experience the delicious satisfaction of a fantastic meal, lights up. You've got lots of brain activity and signals are being sent to your entire brain as you experience and process the events, your decisions, and your environment. Dopamine is one part of that experience. It is part and parcel of how your brain says to your body and to itself, you did good. You did very good. So why does this matter? It's all about marking the present to inform your future. Because if you had no way of marking when your environment, decisions, and actions meet a need for you, 
it becomes impossible to direct yourself to do it again in the future. Guess what happens the next time you get off work late or the next time you're walking by that particular restaurant? Your brain lights up again. You remember the last time. You anticipate how delicious it would be and you feel the pull to walk in and order up another delicious, satisfying meal. Coming back to the question of why we experience happiness when we do, it's so that our brains can bookmark the situation, decisions, and actions that get you the result. It pulls you to do those things again, to get the result again. In fact, this is very much how our brains bookmark, anticipate, and help us do it again next time. Psychological research has found over and over again that emotions play a hugely influential role in decision-making, behavior, and habit formation. Of course, marketing and sales research has likewise validated that emotions are such a powerful aspect of our decision-making process that there are a great many strategies and tactics designed exclusively to provoke strong emotions in the interest of influencing consumer behavior. Leaving behind the possible misuse or unsavory motivations that can drive some salespeople to try and unduly influence potential buyers, and what makes so many cringe and run away when they think or hear the word sales or selling, it stands that emotions are a big part of why we decide and act one way versus another. So when and why do we feel happy? Right after we have a want, a need, a goal, or a dream that is met. Because that's how we know to direct our attention, focus, thoughts, decisions, and actions to try and make it happen again in the future. What then is the purpose of happiness? To gather data, to direct and drive us toward meeting our wants, needs, goals, and dreams, which leads to an interesting conclusion. Do you want to feel happier? You don't need to worry about trying to feel happy. Identify and work towards meeting your wants, your needs, your goals, and dreams. And when you do, slow down and savor it, just like that delicious meal. It's the same for anger, stress, overwhelm, grief, and any other emotion you can imagine. Well, not exactly the same, because anger doesn't show up when our needs or dreams are met. It shows up under different circumstances, when our lines or our boundaries are crossed, when somebody gets in our way, when we get cut off on the road or in line at the store, when we're insulted or disrespected. But still, anger provides data about our lines about what is and isn't okay to us. It directs and drives us to address and secure those lines. In episodes 27 and 30, I talked all about applying the same principles to overwhelm, along with common mistakes that people make and tangible tactics that you can use to address the underlying needs that are disrupted when you are in or experiencing overwhelm. I could go on and on about each and every emotion. Some are more present-focused, some are more future-focused, some are a bit more past-focused, but they all share these common elements. They provide data about ourselves, our needs, our past, present, or anticipated future. They provide direction 
towards our needs and goals or away from people, places, and things that can get in the way of those needs and goals or harm us. They drive us by hitting the gas or slamming the brakes. I call those the three D's of emotions, data, direction, and drive. Those are the roles that our emotions are constantly playing in our lives. It's their purpose. I'm going to repeat it because this is so key. Emotions provide data about ourselves, our needs, our past, present, or anticipated future. Emotions provide direction toward our needs and goals or away from people, places, and things that can get in the way of our needs and goals or even harm us. Emotions drive us by hitting the gas or slamming the brakes, which means that when you understand how your emotions are trying to help you adapt, when you really get and can identify the data direction and drive, of any given emotion that you're experiencing, you can harness that to make intentional, effective decisions and take swift action. Being an entrepreneur or business leader brings up all kinds of reactions and emotions. There are highs and lows, triumphs and challenges, moments of connection and conflict. Whether you're in a position of working with others, be that providing service to clients or leading teams, or even handling your own reactions. Your emotions can either be the wind in your sails or the reason that you're drowning. So slow down. Take the time to connect with, to think about, and to understand your emotions and how they are trying to help you adapt. Dig deep into the data, direction, and drive that underlie the purpose of your emotion or your emotions. I won't pretend that this is easy to do. It takes practice, consistency, and effort over time. Having guidance can help too. There is, of course, more to emotions than just understanding and harnessing their roles in giving data, direction, and drive to try to help us adapt, because sometimes they show up in unexpected or amplified ways which you might have noticed I alluded a little bit to before. Emotions use our past experience. They mark our present and they anticipate our future. They're constantly integrating more information, shifting and recalibrating. Sometimes that makes adapting simpler, clearer, and more direct in an automatic process. But other times it can throw a serious wrench into the gears, which is what I will be talking about in the last of my series on adaptation principles. So on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. 
The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 